I hate to interrupt you, but here's what's going to happen for the next 15 minutes or so. I'm going to show you two, I'm going to show you two video clips that you, you can choose. You may or may not watch them if you'd like. You can continue talking amongst yourselves. But I'm going to put them on the screen. The first one is the first, the, the first 10 minutes of the, the film Jesus of Nazareth, which uh, I think Pastor Nelson mentioned last time is going to sort of be the baseline, uh, one of our reference points for this discussion. So first 10 minutes of Jesus of Nazareth, and then I'll introduce the other clip. We have to stop after 10 minutes because the, subsequ- the next scene is the scene we're going to study today, so we, can't, we can only do so much of Jesus of Nazareth. But here's the first 10 minutes of Jesus of Nazareth. Let me tell you one, one more thing. <laughs> um, so if you're, going to wa- if you're going to pay attention, pay attention, <laughs> meaning, meaning this, is entire, this is a voluntary part of the, of, of the Bible study activity. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I know Anne's not going to pay attention. So, <laughs> Okay, so if you're going to watch, if you're going to pay attention, what, what I want you to do is especially in, in comparison with the next film that I'm going to show you is think about the character of the film and what, uh, what the director is trying to accomplish because then we're going to apply it to a specific biblical story and I, I'm going to want you to, to try and imagine when we get there how that's going to look before we actually watch it, okay? Does that make sense? So uh, try, and, try and really get a feel for, for what, uh, what's being conveyed um, by the setting and the music and, the, and the, the, just the general feel of the movie. Okay, here you go. If you were going to describe uh, the character of that movie in a single word, what, what, words, what words would you use? Just, just to brainstorm for a second. Romantic. Ro- oh, good. Romantic. That hadn't come to mind. That's good. Yeah. <clears throat> Faithful. Okay. Authentic. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, you, it, right. He thrusts you right into the, into the, the, the setting. Okay. Anything else? The word, the word epic came to mind for me um, because of the, you know, the music and the introduction um, and the, the sort of the militaristic kind of sound to it. Um, it's a big story, right? Any, anything else? Okay, so that, so that is, um, as I said earlier, uh, 1977, Jesus of Nazareth, a two-part series that was um, directed by Franco Zeffirelli. You talked about it a little bit last time. That's going to be sort of the baseline uh, that we're going to compare a lot of things to, but I want to. We, we have to stop there because the next scene is the Annunciation, which is what we're going to what we're going to deal with today. So, in, instead of showing you a more extended ver- clip um, before class, I wanted to show you the beginning of another film, 1979, the Jesus film. You may have heard of this. Um, it's been it's it's sort of considered to be an ongoing project. In fact, what we're going to watch right now is not a part of the original 1979 film. It was added in the early 2000s. And this, this film, um, as Rick, Warren's, Rick Warren describes it this way, the Jesus film is the most effective evangelistic tool ever invented. And on the website it says, because seeing is believing. And um, it's also, there's an article in the BBC News saying that this is perhaps the most watched film in history. Um, it's been translated into so many different languages and shown um, all throughout the world. Now, it's very, very different um, from what we just saw. Um, so, so when I, what, I want, what I want you to think about is what, what it's trying to accomplish, okay? Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change my strategy just a bit here. Okay. This is eight minutes long. Ready? Here we go. With Jesus of Nazareth, you said uh, romantic, faithful, 
authentic. And will you give me epic? You think it's epic? Okay, all right. Now this is the Jesus film. What is it? Go, go ahead. Yeah. Stylized. Okay. Do- okay, documentary. Good. What else? Somebody had a great word. Thank you. <laughs> it's subjective. It's a subjective, you know, judgment about it. You could contemporary. Yeah. Um, and, and now, th- one of the deceptive things about it is um, that intro is, of course, 2000s. The movie, the clip that we're going to watch of the Annunciation is f- original, 1979. So it will feel much less contemporary than, um, uh, than that introduction did. What's the, what's the point? What's the purpose? Um, I would say it is not the original Annunciation. It's authentic. Okay. Could you, why? Um, I'll write it down, and you can think about why. Well, I'm thinking in contrast to the Jesus Nazareth. Okay. Jesus Nazareth is subtle. Okay. Good. That's a good distinction. Um, this is in your face. Yeah, can you put that in one word? No. How, uh, in your face. We can write that down. You're right. Bold. Okay. Judgmental. Okay. This is a, these are a lot of words. Okay. Um, what's that? What is it judging? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm stupid, I'm terrible. Oh, okay. I'm terrible, and there's, I, don't, I don't react to that with grace and mercy. Okay, okay. I live in this, but I don't. <laughs> okay, Nancy, go ahead. Yeah. I've had some Bible translations done where they realize that you really need to know the context of what it's actually trying to say. Right. Right. But also, I thought it was interesting to note that I think this introduction part of it is also probably a declaration of Muslims mm. because of the way it was presented and some of the vocabulary that yeah. Abraham sacrificed his son. Right. How do you. Uh, that's right. Was, um, not Isaac, but. Um, right. And in that sense, it's, it's, uh, it's polemical. Right? It has, it has a, a specific audience. People who haven't heard this story before, people who maybe think specific things that are false about the story, so in some sense it's correcting, trying to correct misconceptions about, about the story. So it has a very, a very directed purpose, um, which is perhaps a directed evangelical, evangelistic purpose, which is, which is certainly less true of Jesus of Nazareth. Right? Um, yeah, Marilyn. Well, he wrote that. He wrote that. Uh, that um, yeah, co- comment about it. Yeah, he I don't, he had nothing to do with the production of it. But. Okay. I wondered if it was part of the five steps or 
No, no, I don't think so. It's um, it's its own thing. It's its own thing. Yes, Krista. I thought it was uh, uh, probably just wonderful to see the tear of Abraham and then on Jesus' feet. Oh, I see. Okay. I think that sometimes these old pictures, you have these some some wonderful things just hidden. Sure. The, the subtlety of it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that's something to watch out for um, as we go through these films because um, it's often the, the, the subtle things that are, that are really um, to drive what's important, bring out what's important. Tina? Yeah, I thought in the Jesus film it was interesting the way they portrayed God through different um, nature scenes. Yeah. Because I think that appeals to a wider... Sure, right, yeah. Yeah, especially in the 2000s, right, when, when new atheism is sort of on the table, right, and... and creation versus evolution debate becomes sort of front and center. Um, uh, it's certainly uh, the, the story of creation as an as a integral to the Jesus story um, is, is, is important, yeah. Okay, so, so th- this was all supposed to be by way of introduction. You see it says pre-class clips. So <laughs> now we're going to start class, all right? Let's begin with a word of prayer. All right. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you resist the proud and give grace to the humble. Grant us true humility after the likeness of your only Son, that we may never be prideful and thus provoke your wrath, but in all lowliness be made partakers of the gifts of your grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so now you had the chance with, uh, with Pastor Nelson last week to talk about the whole point of this study, and I want to spend just, one, just I, get, I ran into something this week, which um, reiterates the, the reason why we're doing this. Um, so I gave you a quotation there on page three. It's a clip. It's a part of an interview between Terry Gross and, uh, and a writer, Mary Carr. Sorry, sorry, does everybody have a handout? Maybe not. I may not have made enough. Uh, okay. Does everybody have one to look at? We'll make more next time. Okay. So um, Mary Carr, it, it teaches, she's, a, she's a writer. She writes memoirs, and she um, uh, teaches a class on memoir writing. And she has this interview on NPR, on the show Fresh Air with Terry Gross. And she describes this really interesting thing, this, this, uh, this um, uh, stunt she pulls in, 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 her, in her class in order to get her students to think about their memory and their perceptions. What's that? It, it, was, it was aired for the first time this week. Yeah, this is brand new material, caught off the presses. <laughs> Okay, so here's what she does. She stages a fight. She has somebody come into her classroom and argue with her, have a fight with her. And it's not just anybody, but it's this person that's n- known to be very kind, right? Um, and, like, kind for a living. He's a Buddhist. Um, his job, what she, she, she says in the, let's see, one, two, three, four, the fourth paragraph, um, he's, ki- yeah, he's kind for a living. George Saunders, this kind person, he's kind for a living. And so um, she says that no matter what she does, no matter how the conversation goes, she's perceived as the aggressor in the conversation, which is very interesting. And so the exercise is, this happens, and then she direct, directs the students to write down a description of what happened, right? Um, and inevitably, um, because of their preconceptions about him and her, she's sort of a straightforward, forthright, um, you know, uh, strong-willed person, they're, you know, inevitably, even if they get all the facts right, she's the one at fault, and he is, uh, he, he's the innocent one. In fact, um, it's, it's, it's great. She describes these students who, um, this, is, this is in the long paragraph, um, 
where, where Mary Carr is speaking, she describes these students who have these great memories, who remember every word that was spoken in the conversation. And even after they've you know, given this perfectly objective description of the conversation, um, she says then, so there's no variation, no mistake in what he hears. It's all in perfect order. And his perceptions, they're just these remarkable kids. There's maybe one or two in every class. But at the end of what he wrote, he asked, I wonder what Mary had done to make him do this to her. So even, even the kid who had like, this perfect memory of what had happened, he, he assumed that she had done something to, to, to make this fellow upset. In any case, look at the last, two, uh, last two paragraphs that are in bold. Terry Gross asks, So this is a humbling experience for your students, realizing that they've gotten a little or a lot totally wrong. Mary Carr replies, It is humbling. And what I say is, you know, what you're supposed to do in class is learn the shape of yourself and learn what you do tend to project onto the landscape so you can kind of account for that tendency in yourself and question it as you're putting down your memories. So how does that bear on what we're doing here? Well, one of the useful things about seeing uh, film depictions of uh, the Gospels is that in our, in our minds as we read the Gospels, we generate images, right? We have, we have a certain picture of, of how it happened. Um, and it's inevitably influenced by our, our biases, by our our own story. And that's not, which is not to say that's a bad thing, right? In fact, um, to say that you could, you could read the Gospels without, without your, your own story being a part of it would be, would be utterly false. You can't do that, right? It has to be, your, your own biography um, influences how you read the, the Gospels. But to be aware of that fact is very helpful because there may be some things that you take for granted um, which, which aren't true. Um, and so watching these film depictions um, gives us insight into, into the, to the mind's eye of other readers of the, gospel, of the Gospels um, and lets us compare and say, well, you know, what, uh, who's, who, what, what's, the, what's the bias here? What's the perception? What's the biography that's behind this? Um, and how does, that, how does that relate to what the Gospel actually says? Okay, any questions? All right, here we go. Open up your Bibles. Everybody got a Bible in front of you? Raise your hand if you need a Bible. Today we're going to talk about uh, the Annunciation, and actually two, the, the Annunciation to Mary, and then also, if we, hopefully we get to it, um, uh, Gabriel's visit to Joseph in Matthew. But we're going to start with Luke, Luke chapter 1. Um, and we're starting at verse 26, which in this, in this Bible is on page 855. And you know, you know this story really well. Uh, we hear it every Christmas, right? So let me just read this to you, okay? Um, and, when, and as I read it to you, I want you to think about, this is the really important question. What kind of decisions would a filmmaker, would a director have to make in order to, in order to, 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 depict, to depict this? What kind of decisions would have to be made, all right? And, how would, and what would be the outcome? How would you decide Okay? All right, here we go. Verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David. 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Okay, so the question is, what kind of decisions have to be made? if you're going to depict this on film. Nancy. First of all, there's the whole thing of the setting. What was, how did people live at that time? What, you know, what did you wear? What did they look like? Okay. All these details. Yeah, and these are, and these are, really, sort of, uh, these are really sort of factual things, right? So, so you, you're going to, the director has to decide, am I going to make it authentic, or am I going to st- you know, stylize it or do something else, right? These are factual um, Questions. Okay. Go ahead, somebody. Like how much backstory? Okay. Backstory. Right. So yeah, exactly. The gospel starts um, in media race, right in the middle, in the midst of things. And so the question is, uh, how much backstory? Now, um, just by way of uh, as a, so by way of explanation, a lot of the backstory that these so there's two sources for backstories. Uh, when it comes to the Gospels. One is just making things up, which a lot of times happens, right? Um, uh, but there's also, um, there's also a lot of apocryphal literature, right? So there's, or pseudepigraphal. We talked about this a couple of years ago when I was a vicar, uh, Jesus in Middle Eastern eyes, right? The story of the nativity. There's all, kinds of, um, there's all kinds of literature that talks about, you know, Mary's mom, Anna, um, and, uh, and, and stuff like that. It's, we don't, we don't, I mean, it's, it's in, in a sense legendary. We don't know whether it's true, it's, um, but it's, it's the source for the backstory oftentimes, right? So um, made up or legendary. And oftentimes these, uh, these filmmakers will um, really develop, really develop um, something, a character in particular that isn't even in this story at all um, to provide a framework, a structure, a perspective, right? To, to, to view the story. Okay. What are the, yeah, Kirby. So you're going to do like an angel. 
Okay, the angel. That's a good question. Alien, okay. That's I, that's a possibility I hadn't thought of. Like an alien. <laughs> um, what what other possibilities are there? Well, there's the, the old test, the references in the Old Testament to what angels look like. Yeah, right. Which are not the way we you know. No, no, like is like in, in Ezekiel and, and things like. that. a voice from the cloud. A voice. We don't even yeah we don't even need to have a, a, a something to see. We could just be a voice, okay. So, or there could be a body. Right? Yeah, wings, what, what not. So, so, this, now, uh, so the question is, are you going to do that? And, and if, if, if you're going to do that, what are you going to do? Okay. What, what else? What others? Rachel? Mary's age. Okay. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to write down Mary because there's a lot about Mary, right? So uh, age is one of the things, right? How old is she? What other questions about Mary do you have to answer? This, is, this actually, I think, is the most, one of the most important things, the questions about Mary. Mary. Okay, her, okay. Um, okay, um, yeah, um, yeah. So her, her virginity and, and, and purity have to be conveyed somehow. Okay, good. Anything else? I would also say, kind of going along with Angel and Mary, it, how you're portraying them affects the entire tone then going forward. Right. So... As far as Mary striking a balance between the fear she feels initially and then her obedience to God. Right. So, so this is so important because um, at the center of this narrative is Mary's faith, right? Um, she says to, what does she say to the angel? Let it be to me according to your will. And when she goes to visit Elizabeth, what does Elizabeth say? She says, blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you would come to pass, right? So, what's that? How did Elizabeth know that? Yeah. I, yeah, I do not know. Um, there's an interesting theory, if you want to entertain it. Um, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she explained to the love her eye, blessed are you among women. There you go. She was prophesying. Yeah. Right. Right. So Elizabeth is a part of this, right? Um, but Mary's, uh, Mary's faithfulness... Um, you have to decide. How, you have to decide how, how how that looks. How do you portray that? Yes, right. That's right. They they do. Yeah. And you, uh, Brittany, you also mentioned her fear, right? You was it? You, yeah. So she was startled. She wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. And nobody in the Bible ever sees an angel and isn't terrified, right? It's just the way it goes. So, and which is why the angel says, "Do not be afraid," right? Um, so how are, how are you going to do that? This is great. So the, uh, these are all very, very good questions. Okay. Good. Okay, so... So, are you going to... Yeah, that's right. Is she just imagining things? Um, and he, now, you watched a little bit of The Last Temptation of Christ last week, right? Um, Martin Scorsese. And the, and this, uh, this, the most recent movie, um, 
with Christian Bale, the Exodus, right? Sort of plays on this, this uh, skepticism about whether or not was he, was, well, did Moses, was he really talking to God? Or was he even sure he was talking to God? Martin Scorsese does the same thing in The Last Temptation of Christ. He, he's not concerned about realism whatsoever. In fact, he wants to cast doubt on the whole thing. He wants, wants you to think this, this may have just been a big ruse, right? Okay, so, and so that's, that's another question. What do you, is, it, is it realistic? Um, and, and as you portray it, is it something that's believable? Now, that's really difficult to do when you're dealing with miraculous things, right? How do you portray miraculous things as being realistic and miraculous at the same time? Krista? Especially in that society at that time. Sure. I think, um, you know, she could be stolen. That's exactly right. So now, this, and this bears really heavily on um, her faithfulness and her fear. You're hitting all these great, these great points. My marker's dead. Um, so there's the fear when she sees the angel. There's her faithfulness. But then there's also the... Um, after in, it, while she's faithful, there's the stigma that comes along with bearing a child without a husband, right? So she's stigmatized. Oh, that's a nice marker. Um, that's good. Um, uh, so how, so um, is that at play? Um, do you see? Do you will you will you see that? And how will you depict it? Okay. Okay. We got to watch some. Got to watch some clips now. Okay. So the first one is um, really short. And this is, um, this is the Annunciation from the Jesus film. Okay? The, second, the second one we watched. 1979, the Jesus film. Ev- evangelistic tool. The most widely viewed film in history. Okay? This, is how, this is how it goes. Okay. So the question, here's, the, here's, the, here's the, um, the serious question, the objective question to ask about this. What is the director trying to accomplish in this scene? Okay, okay. Let's let's start then this way. Um, what's that? Awe. awe. Okay. Um, tra- trying to produce awe. Okay, Nancy. Well, underneath it, it's just trying to convey the gospel of Luke. Yeah. And I think most of the film was done directly from the gospel. We had to translate because the language we were working in. Yeah. That's right, exactly. And, and, and it has to do with producing awe, and it has to do with um, sort of establishing the facts, right? So um, we're not going to spend a lot of time dwelling on uh, Mary's, either her fear or her, maybe her doubts or her, um, her wonderment at the angel, right? Is it, we're just jumping straight to the, the question. How can this be? I'm a virgin, right? Um, and and, and in, in that sense, what this film is trying to do... Um, is, uh, is, sim- is simply um, uh, recreate, recreate what, what you experience um, when, you, when you read the text, w- sort of uh, w- unimaginatively, right? It's just, it's just the text, right? Does that, does that make sense? Is that a fair appraisal, you think? Um, and, so, and so, you know, um, it happens just, just according to what happened in, in, the, in, the, in, in Luke, um, the angel's there. She, he said, don't be afraid. And she wasn't, she wasn't afraid. She believed him. Okay? No, I should just say that it's really for, there's so many people who are illiterate. Yeah. People who never really become literate. So for them, they don't have access to reading the Bible and getting to have a 
Right, exactly. And so, and so in, in, in some ways, it serves the same purpose as um, uh, stained glass windows used to serve, right, in, in the ancient, in, in, in the, you know, medieval times when literacy was at, um, at a minimum. Um, and and the, the whole point was to get as much, to get as much information at, from the, directly from the story onto the window as possible, right, and not, and, and not dramatize it, right? Okay? Good. So now, um, so, so this, this serves really well by way of contrast um, to, see, to see then, to en- then ask what, what Zeffirelli is doing in his film. Now, the, the thing, uh, I read an interesting um, commentary on Jesus films through the, uh, through the ages, and the author pointed out the fact that um, it's, a, it's a genre all of its own, right? Films about Jesus are a genre all of their own because um, on the one hand, uh, it's not like it, it's not satisfying like a, a, like most biopics, right? It's not you don't get the sort of documentary uh, or or fictionalized um, uh, story that you really want if they're trying to be faithful to the text. At the same time, it's not it's not really entertainment either, right? The two two of the main reasons we might go to go to the theater to see a movie, right? This is a, of a completely different character. It's a genre all of its own. Let's watch uh, Zeffirelli's Annunciation. Which is, enti- which is completely different. Okay, so now you'll know you notice right away, I'm sure, how a lot of these questions are answered. But let's let's line them up real quick. Uh, what are the what are the things that stood out to you right away? It never occurred to me that the angel only appeared to Mary. Okay, yeah. So. We're... But they live in communities, so of course there would be other people sleeping in there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The dogs? Yes. My uh, my girlfriend was often my neighbor's dog. Okay. Okay. That's like they're barking because they sense they, something they, Sure, okay. Okay, good. Martha. People seem more realistic to me in terms of the fear. They yeah. a little bit more time with how she must have felt in that moment. Right. And then her moving from that into trust and calm and Yeah. So, so the character of Mary is is central to this scene. And uh, so, if you come, so if you, so next week, the the next five chapters in the in the film um, bring you up to the point of of Joseph. Right? The, I think the scene is called Joseph's decision, right? Which, which. So if you can, if you can be here, um, you know, at, at like nine fifteen to, to watch it, because um, Pastor Nelson will show it. Um, it it highlights again. Um, the the change in the characters, right? So, fear, um, faith, and then what follows next, right? Um, uh, what is what are the implications of the fact that she's pregnant, right? But that that's clearly important to this director is, is bringing is bringing that out. Okay, good. What anything else? What else, Mary? Well, I, I, you don't know what just happened. Right. She only talks about Elizabeth. Yes. So you don't know what just happened. Okay. There were no words. Right. Yeah. The, the basis that you're, you know, the, that is a, a, a misstep. Right. So, it, so. Oh, she's hearing it, but she's not hearing it. This, Mary's hearing it. But what's, right. but what's interesting is that you're not hearing it, right? So, this film is designed for people who know the story already, right? Who know something about the story. And that's true um, in, when we watch the next film about Matthew. That is 
eminently true about, about the depiction in Matthew. You wouldn't know, there's, you won't know, you wouldn't know anything about what's going on unless you knew the story of Matthew already. Right. At the moment that she had to be, I mean, you certainly felt the fear. Yeah. But then she kind of sidestepped and, and shared something right. that probably wasn't, I mean, her, well, if she heard that, which I, is scripture that he's telling her? Yeah, he says that you're, you're so this will be a sign, this will be a sign to you, right? So, so why does she have to go see Elizabeth to find out if that sign is, to find out if that sign is true, right? I just thought that was really, Well, that, that comes next. That, that, it, comes, it, comes, uh, it comes next. Um, You've got to come back and watch, and watch how it plays out because it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, but, but clearly what's at, what's, what's at stake here or what the director is trying to do is, is um, ruminate on, on these, kinds of, these kinds of questions beyond what the biblical text tells us, but, but sort of fleshing out the implications of what we do know, what we, do, what we already know from the story. He's saying, well, we know these things. Here's how it might have looked if it had been, if 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 it had happened this way, okay? Yeah, Krista. I I think I see it as a truth, or uh, when uh, when Mary uh, came to Elizabeth, that uh, perhaps she wasn't not really sure. Yeah, Elizabeth yeah. made her sure that she was pregnant. That's right. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's, it's something that wouldn't necessarily occur to you because when Mary says, "Let it be it to me according to your will," she's faithful. Uh, but the, but the angel has still given her the sign, right, to go to go and see Elizabeth and find out. Um, this is how you will know, right? And this, you, Lindsay, you pointed this out. This is the difference between, I mean, well, the similarity between Mary and Zechariah. Zechariah says something, something like he's doubt, he's doubtful about the fact that Elizabeth will have a child, and he doesn't get to talk for the nine months of her pregnancy. So, um, okay, good. Now. Um, one thing we haven't talked about is, uh, is how Mary looks. Um, h- how would you characterize it? Well, either one. Beautiful, youthful and beautiful. Okay. Um, and what does that convey to you? Purity. Okay. Okay. Um, and when it, when it, this, uh, this is, I'm uh, genuinely asking because I, 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 I wonder about it. When you when you think of purity, are you thinking of her, her virginity or her or her innocence? Both. Okay, those things are packaged together in the way she appears, and that's really important. Um, I, I gave you a couple quotations. Uh, we just have so much to do. Um, quotations from Martin Luther here. Um, this is something I want you to think about. Uh, sort of reflect on this. Uh, we don't have time to a ton of time to, t- to talk about it here in class, but. Um, Mary is a virgin, but she is not, but she is not innocent, okay? She's not innocent as in sinless, right? And um, what does the angel say to her? Um, Let's get it right here. He says, oh, favored one. And that word favored is really important. The, The Greek word is charen. Um, which has to do with um, with grace. It's grace, right? And what is what is the character of grace? It's always unmerited. You're undeserving 
of grace. It's the same thing that we hear about, um, about Noah um, in the Old Testament. He was favored. There's a word, specific word for God's favor that he shows to people apart from their worthiness. Okay? So the challenge, the real, I think this is, presents a real challenge in depicting it, is that when we see a Mary who, who seems pure, we package together her virginity, her, her chastity, and innocence together and make, make more of her than was true, right? Um, because the favor that was shown to her was not on account of anything that was in her. It was God's, God's mercy, God's grace. She was just like everybody else, okay? Um, Luther talks about this a little bit, and I think the more helpful... There's two, we've got to read both these quotations. Number two and number three. Okay, you see them on the bottom page one there. Um, he says this, Since Mary boasts with heart leaping for joy and praising God that he regarded her despite her low estate and nothingness, we must believe that she came a poor, despised, and lowly parent. Let us make it very plain for the sake of the simple. Doubtless there were in Jerusalem daughters of the chief priests and counselors who were rich, comely, youthful, cultured, and held in high renown by all the people, even as is today with the daughters of kings, princes, and men of wealth. The same was also true of many another city. Even her, in her own town of Nazareth, she was not the daughter of one of the chief rulers, but a poor and plain citizen's daughter, whom none looked up to or esteemed. To her neighbors and the daughters, she was but a simple maiden, tending the cattle and doing the housework, and doubtless esteemed no more than any poor maidservant today who does as she is told around the house. Now, what's notable is that if you suppose that we had gotten a lineup of all of the potential Marys, right, you probably would have picked that one, right? Okay? Um, look, but, but what's really important um, is, is how she regards God's favor. And this we see in, in, in Luther's uh, third quotation here. She does not glory in her worthiness. Okay? So she doesn't say, I have God's favor because I'm, I'm worthy. Neither does she glory in her unworthiness. She doesn't say, I am of such a low and humble estate that that's why God has, has chosen me, Right? I am the, I'm the most pitiful, therefore God has chosen me. But she glories solely in the divine regard, right? So she praises God for his unmerited mercy, which is so exceedingly good and gracious that he deigned to look upon such a lowly maiden and to look upon her in so glorious and honorable a fashion. They therefore do her an injustice who hold that she gloried not indeed in her virginity, but in her humility. She gloried neither in one nor the other, but only in the gracious regard of God. Hence, the stress lies not on the word low estate, but on the word regarded. For not her humility, but God's regard is to be praised. You see what I'm getting at there? It's, uh, it's really hard for us, though, um, to, uh, to, to picture a, uh, a Mary um, that, doesn't, that, that, doesn't, uh, that, that looks uh, chaste at the same time as um, appearing humble, right? Um, there's a story I... And, uh, we just don't have much time. Um, you, uh, is there an end to childcare? Is childcare coming to an end at 10:30? Is that the, as it once did? Anybody know? Do we have to pick up the kids at 10:30? Okay. Okay. All right. Um, here's what I'm gonna do. Um, one. Here's okay. So here's the point of comparison. There's a story. We read it in the morning devotion this morning. Uh, the story of Rachel and Leah. And I think that that story provides a good comparison for, or a good frame of reference for um, how to understand Mary in her 
in the favor that God has shown her. Okay? So in my favorite children's book, the Jesus Storybook Bible, uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones tells the story of Rachel and Leah. Remember the story. Jacob goes, stays with Laban, works seven years for Rachel. He gets Leah, doesn't like her very much, works longer for Rachel. Okay? Leah, he hates, he despises her. Um, and uh, Rachel, he loves. And it says, Leah's eyes were, uh, were, were weak, but Rachel was beautiful. Okay? Now, what's remarkable about the story and what Sally Lloyd-Jones brings out, so you'll have to go home and read the story, either in your, in, your, in your Bible or if you have the Jesus Storybook Bible, you can read it there too. Um, what's remarkable is that uh, Sally Lloyd-Jones points out that it's Leah whom God chooses to bear Judah, right? And Judah is the son of Jacob from whom Jesus is born, right? So it's not, um, it's not be- she's not favored because of something. She's not favored because of something in her. In fact, um, it's what God does for her that is a sign of his favor towards her, okay? Does that make sense? First comes God's favor, then comes God's blessing, which is why uh, we've talked about this before. The story of Hannah is so remarkable because Hannah's name means favored one, and yet she was barren, right? So she had this, she, she, couldn't, she couldn't comprehend, how can I be favored of God when I am barren, right? But first comes God's favor, and then comes, then comes how he shows his favor. So uh, let's, um, we'll hold off on that. And what I want to show you next in the last couple minutes here, is um, Paolo Pasolini's rendition of Matthew's story. Now, uh, we won't read it. We don't, we don't have enough time. But, but you'll, you'll see some of the same things. And this is the first, this is, this is important for, um, uh, as we go down the line here. So we've seen two films right now. Um, the third one that, that we're going to often reference is um, The Gospel According to St. Matthew by Pasolini who was a very interesting fellow, just like Zeffirelli, if we, we get a chance to talk about their biographies a little bit. Um, uh, we'll, just, we'll just watch it, and, uh, and you'll see some of these same things at play, uh, these same questions at play. All right, here we go. Okay, so we don't have a lot of time to talk about that. But, uh, is, so, um, a couple of things you may have noticed. One was um, that there was no dialogue until the angel showed up, right? which is actually true of the Gospel of Matthew, right? That Mary and Joseph don't talk to each other. Um, instead, what's portrayed is all through their facial expressions. And what you see in their facial expressions um, is uh, Joseph's sort of disbelief. Mary's, um, she doesn't, I don't, to me, she doesn't look ashamed, but she looks like she's resigning herself to the fact of what's going to come next, right? Um, that this is, this is, and this is, um, this is really important um, when, Jesus is at the, when, when Jesus is presented at the temple and Simeon holds um, Jesus in his arms and says to Mary, uh, this, is, this is one of the, one of the facets of Mary's life um, uh, that really has to inform how we, how we view her, how we picture her. Um, Simeon says, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul as well, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So, um, his, in his crucifixion, she loses her son. Um, but even from the beginning, she, he's a son born in, 
uh, from of dubious origins, right? So she has this again this this stigma, and you see, you, you I think you see that in the way she she lowers her eyes, right? She she's sort of contemplating what's what's coming next. But then it's this great picture of the faithfulness of Joseph, who hears the words of a, of the angel and believes and does what he by all accounts should not do, right? Just to take Mary as his wife um, and, and and protect her protect her dignity. Okay. Any questions? All right, so, so next week, um, Pastor Nelson is going to work on the, the birth narrative, the nativity, okay? So um, that'll, that'll be mostly in Luke. Um, so, take, so take a look at that if you'd like, um, and we'll go from there. There's a, lot more, there's a lot more films to deal with, so it's not just these three, but these three are, are going to be really important as we go along. So let's pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.